0: If I tell you she's a strong woman, what comes to mind? Maybe your first thought is that she's emotionally strong or mentally tough. What about if I tell you she's a strong 70-year-old woman? Now what comes to mind? You're probably not thinking of physical strength. That simply doesn't fit in with the common narrative for 70-year-olds in our culture. But what if I told you that this woman can squat 250 pounds and deadlift 320 pounds and recently set 12 American powerlifting records? And then what if I went on to tell you that she's just getting started and that she is in fact as strong and as energetic as she's ever been in her entire life? Hello and welcome to the Over 50 Health and Wellness Show. I'm your host Kevin English. I'm a certified personal trainer and nutrition coach, and my mission is to help you get into the best shape of your life no matter your age. We have a great show for you today. Shelley Stetner is here to share her incredible strength journey with us. But before we get to that, I want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by the Silver Edge. The Silver Edge is my online personal training and nutrition coaching business where I help you get off of the exercise and diet hamster wheel and start making permanent healthy lifestyle changes so that you can enjoy the second half of your life with strength and confidence and show up as the healthiest, strongest, most vital version of yourself, no matter your age. If you're interested in learning more, send me an email at coach at and we'll start a conversation. My promise to you is no hard sales pitch, no annoying, incessant follow-up emails, just an introductory conversation about your personal fitness goals. Okay, enough of that. Let's get on with today's show. My guest today is Shelley Stetner. Shelly is a 70-year-old national powerlifting champion, but she wasn't always strong or even particularly fit. She spent 30-ish years as a smoker, and she occasionally hopped on and off the latest diet and exercise fads. But then one day, shortly before her 65th birthday, she caught a look at herself in the mirror, and for the first time, she saw herself as a frail old lady. Then, through a fortunate series of events, she ended up in a gym that specializes in helping aging men and women get and stay strong. She learned to squat, deadlift, and press, and over time, she grew stronger and fell in love with the process and the results, which eventually resulted in her entering and dominating powerlifting competitions. I asked Shelly if she was active as a child.
1: I never really stuck with anything for very long. I was more focused on family and school and and then being a doctor medical school that was really my focus but then over the years kind of like with diet you know in terms of exercise craze and fitness stuff you name it I've been there I've done that tried <laughs> so, yeah yeah at yeah. least for a short period of time you know there was the aerobics phase, Jane Fonda thing. Yeah. That uh, it wasn't my thing. Wasn't really into that. And then the running craze started up. That was in the uh, late seventies, early eighties, I believe. But I was a heavy smoker. Oh, is that
0: right? When did you oh, start yeah. smoking?
1: Oh my gosh. I started smoking when I was a teenager, oh, 16, wow. 17 years old. I was, uh, I got up to a nice unhealthy two pack a day habit into my into my 40s so yeah i was i i kind of tried running and smoking didn't mix and was able <laughs> yeah. to quit smoking for a short period of time but then you know it would start back up again so you no know, yeah just basically i don't think i i never had any major health problems but i don't think i was a picture of health either there was a oh yeah a yoga phase i got into got yoga into for yoga. a few yeah, years right yeah and yeah i was then back to yeah running jogging around the neighborhood uh okay. that was basically it
0: so it's it sounds like a just kind of a well rounded not you like you said you didn't never took to any one thing you kind of tried the crazes that they came and went not yeah. the beacon yeah. of health, smoking for quite a few years in there. Now you mentioned just briefly medical school. So obviously a pretty heavy academic commitment there, right? So yeah. what were those years like going through medical school? Cause I imagine that's where your focus is. And typically people that are doing that oftentimes are um, involved more in the, in the academic pursuit than they are the self-care kind of piece. Is oh, that, yeah. Would that be fair to say?
1: Very fair to say. I was probably getting to be quite unhealthy. I put on some weight. Certainly when I was finally able to stop smoking, yeah, I did. I put on, I was probably my mid forties, heaviest I'd ever been. And uh, yeah, just basically not very healthy at all. I mean, I was still kind of sort of active around the edges. I mean, I, I wouldn't call myself a runner, but I would get out there and I would jog. I would do my three miles every morning. You know, I enjoyed that, but I wasn't real healthy at
0: all. And what did your diet look like back then? Were you health conscious about what you ate?
1: again, it's sort of like, uh, you name the diet phase that, that popped up and i have been there and done that. You know, that right? I, I had my vegetarian phase and, uh, vegan stuff a little bit like just, just briefly. I couldn't, that was a bit too much over the edge for me. I couldn't do the vegan for very long, but yeah, I mean, I, I tried, I was never big, uh, junk food, but you know, I, I was very conscious of the diets. I think I I tried an intermittent fasting stage. I mean, yeah, seriously, uh, all the, all of them that came up, I I tried it for a short period of time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. they seem like they're cyclical too, because you, you know, intermittent fasting is very hot right now, but it's not new. I mean, that's that fad has come and gone. The same with kind of the low carb that was, you know, it's been in and out of vogue. And... The
1: Dean Ornish thing. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. I, if we started talking about it, I would remember, oh, yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah. The grapefruit diet. I mean, you know. it's
0: <laughs> Grapefruit. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: And, and I think it was, for me, you know, it was to be thin. That was the main thing. It right. wasn't. I don't know how much of it was health conscious when I was younger, it was probably more just that was more fashionable to be thin. So
0: yeah, so dieting and probably that running less to be strong, capable and vital and more for a look or a certain weight on the scale. I think that's pretty common that people are kind of chasing that. And that's those are the tools that are common in the toolbox, right? Well, here, whatever the fad diet is, or whatever the current exercise of the day craze is let's hop on that and, and try and chase this ideal body type that we see in, in media, et cetera. So
1: being strong, I didn't have a clue. mm -hmm. and I did at some point, I guess this would be more recent years. I did join a gym because it dawned on me that I really needed to start doing something more structured. And I had I don't know, one of the local gyms that was close by. And I had a personal trainer <laughs> mm-hmm. who would, you know, she she was really nice. But I mean, again, I just, I didn't know what to do in a gym, you know, with all the machines. And, you know, she would take me to each machine and we would do that. She would tell me what to do and how many reps she would count it. And all I needed to do was show up. And then she would take me on the circuit, whatever Mm. it was. And interestingly, I kind of sort of liked some stuff. I I learned physically that I had an ability. I could just look at a dumbbell and all of a sudden I would have a bicep. I mean, I just kind of naturally put on a muscle uh, without even seriously trying. Matter of fact, I would want to cover it up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. because even though I knew better, I was still under the belief that if women did strength training of any sort with dumbbells, or I didn't know what a barbell was at that point, God forbid you would develop muscles and turn into and look like a man, which isn't something I wanted to do.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. So there's been a stigma for a long, long time around Um, strength training in women And obviously that's changing drastically today. And I I think that there's a number of reasons for that, but not the least of which maybe is social media there. We have now exposure to more and more women with different body types, very strong, lean athletic body types. Whereas I think maybe 20, 30 years ago, it was covers of magazines with these very, very uh, unattainably and unhealthy skinny women on the front cover. Now we're seeing that change quite a bit.
1: There CrossFit, it
0: put yeah. it put barbells into a lot of women's hands as well. And that's changed that stigma a lot. But yeah, that I, I agree that there's once upon a time there was this, and there's that's that's still out there, right? There are still women who think that oh I, I wouldn't want to lift with a barbell because I don't want to get big and bulky, but then they'll turn around and say, But what, what I want to get toned.
1: Right. Which, really means exactly. building muscle,
0: right? I mean, at the end of the day. So yeah, yeah. That, that's a good point. So you had joined this gym and that's, yeah. I guess your first experience in a gym with a personal trainer. You said that gal right. that taking you around, that's very typical here do do yeah. 10 of these at this way. And I'll record exactly. that on my clipboard and look, it, we're going to yep. go to this machine. We're going to do this one. And you had a good experience, right? So yeah. where did you go from there?
1: I noticed some things in the gym that there would be a lot of people that very thin women would be there and and men too and you know over time you kind of get to know everybody in the gym and one of the things that i noticed was everybody seemed to always look the same i didn't know what to expect really but no one ever physically appeared any different to me i i noticed that in the gym so what happened was you know how you can look at yourself over the years you're younger than I am but over time you know you're just kind of looking in the mirror doing your usual stuff without really seeing yourself. And I had a moment I was approaching 65 rapidly. And for some reason I that day I caught myself in the mirror and took a look and was Completely freaked out. I was losing. it's not like I've ever had muscle, but I was losing my shape. I was turning into a little old lady really fast. Even though I was going and doing stuff, sorta, of, I was it was sarcopenia, really right. fast. and it was alarming to me how quickly it was happening. And that was about the time. That I work in an emergency room, and one of the docs that I work with was getting ready to retire. This was Dr. Sullivan, Sully, and uh, you know I was like, "You were gonna what was he gonna do with his life? Right? He was gonna retire." So I asked him, and he he told me he was a starting strength coach, and he was gonna have a gym, and that was gonna be his. That was what he was going to do. And he kind of explained to me what he did. I'd never heard of this before. So I asked him if I could come over and see what he does. And he's like, yeah, sure. So I went over there to his gym. And this was uh, about two weeks shy of my 65th birthday, kind of coinciding with that moment (laughs) of alarm (laughs) for myself, right? And I went to his gym and just sat there and watched while he was training some people. One of them was a young woman, older than me, tinier than me, lifting this heavy barbell with these weights. And I was like, damn, I want to do that. If she can do it, I can do that. And that's where it started. I started with Sully. He had written a book with Andy Baker on the barbell prescription and it had not come out yet. They were just getting ready to launch it. Right. And two weeks shy of my 65th birthday, I picked up a barbell for the first time.
0: Wow. That's a great story. And so folks that don't yeah. know Dr. Jonathan Sullivan, we're going to refer to him as Sully, I think from yeah, here Sullivan. on out mm-hmm. uh, is, is uh, he's been on this show before folks can go back and listen to that but does have that gym. And so that's the first time that you'd actually seen this this working out with barbells, right? You were much more used to the more conventional, hey, we're going to do a row, we're going to do a treadmill, we're going to do these circuit on these machines. But here you're seeing these folks that are older than you, that you had mentioned that young woman over 65, and she's doing something strong with a barbell. And that had an impact on you, it sounds like. Oh, said, absolutely! I got I have to do that. Yeah,
1: yeah. This right. was. It's not like I was completely unaware of barbell and sure. weight, but that was something that men did in a dark
0: mm-hmm. dungeon
1: type gym with, you know, all kinds of weird stuff. They, you know, bodybuilders. That was that was right. in my mind. What that was. That was just not something that women got into. So yeah, this was something I had never seen before like that. And what's so cool about it is I was taught the lifts, the basic lifts from the ground up in a very simple, methodical way. And it's a small group training. We each had a squat rack and Sully was right there. And yeah, I went uh, twice a week and we put a little bit of weight on the bar every time. The other thing too, which which kind of helped me a great deal is that the whole process, you have to take ownership for what you're doing. He fixed me up with a log book Every time you have to log exactly what you do, what the weight on the bar is, what the exercise, you know, how many reps, the whole bit. If it's not recorded, it didn't happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. You had to take an ownership. It wasn't like I had him just leading me around and telling me what to do, like a personal trainer. This was my training, which mm-hmm. I had never experienced before. Plus, I was able each time as a beginner to put a little bit of weight on the bar every time. So I could actually see the progression that I was making. That was something quite new to me too. Yeah, I just got hooked.
0: Yeah, you can see yourself getting stronger. I'm sure you could feel yourself getting stronger. You can look back in your logbook and objectively see yourself getting stronger as you add a little more weight each and every time.
1: Every time. Mm -hmm.
0: And you reference these basic lifts. Talk to us about what those basic lifts are.
1: Well, it's a low bar back squat and an overhead press, uh, a bench press, and a deadlift.
0: And And that's it. Some basic compound movements. And I think people may be surprised to hear that those are the lifts that somebody has a gym and they're going to bring in a almost 65 year old woman and start her on these lifts because everybody knows that deadlifting is bad for your back and squatting is bad for your knees. right? Right. So talk to us a little bit about your experience with that as a beginner.
1: Well, it's first of all, Sully is very comfortable in teaching older people about these lifts. I think there's a belief, and I had the same included that I'm going to hurt myself. This is something that I've never done before. I'm going to. I am. I'm going to hurt my back. I'm going to. I can't lift these these heavy weights. But you start out at the beginning with just the bar. It's Mm -hmm. a 45 pound bar and and for overhead press, there's even a smaller bar you can use. And again, you just start with something that's small and manageable and you learn the basic movement of the lift over time. And you add a little bit of weight every time. It's almost imperceptible in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And what's also imperceptible is that you're very slowly, gradually adjusting and adapting to this and getting stronger. But it was a slow, difficult problem. That was the other thing, too. This is hard work. It's not like fun aerobics class. <laughs> you You're
0: know? Sweaty and everybody's smiling. Yeah, yeah this is a different type thought, of workout. Yeah,
1: This is really hard physical work, mm-hmm. which I had never done before. Which, to my surprise, I found really exhilarating. There's something really cool about performing a physical task like a squat and, and lifting a weight that you had never lifted before and then realize what you just did. You know, it's, yeah. it's pretty cool. It's yeah. pretty cool stuff. And then over time, to realize that you're getting stronger – we you You start out very slowly. I was very deconditioned. I had never experienced physical strength ever like that in my lifetime. So physically, I was starting to do things that my body had never done before. So yeah, there was all kinds of aches and pains and I had worries and I would get a backache. My shoulder would hurt. There would be times that I thought, this is it. I'll never squat again. I'm done. There's, you know, my shoulder is shot. I'll never be able to do a bench press. Yeah, Yeah, but I just, I hung in there and there would be days that I would hurt. And, you know, we'd have to modify a little bit. But the whole point is I kept going back. You have to be consistent. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So,
1: even once. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. So we heard, we heard a lot in there, obviously pro, uh, yeah. the idea of progressive overload, you added just yeah. a small, at first you, you learned the mechanics, right? That's yeah. very, very important. And you're very so fortunate. Important. Yeah. You ended up in Sully's gym there and he's, you know, one of the best in your age demographic for training. And you had yeah. referenced earlier, he's a starting strength coach. And if folks don't know what that is, that's a certification for strength coaches. And if folks aren't sure uh, how to get started in a strength journey with these types of compound lifts, certainly you can go on their website, find a starting strength certified coach. That would be a great way to get started. But you also mentioned that it's hard work. It's a bit of a grind and it requires this consistency to keep moving and moving. And you find yourself for the first time in your life feeling strong. And I'm guessing that that flows into other areas of your life. Is that fair?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, just uh, dealing with groceries. Before, I would get the smaller bags of dog food uh, rather than the 25-pound bag, just because you know I could manage them a little easier. Well, now, I mean, a 25-pound bag of dog food is nothing.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, I can, I'm sure. Yeah.
1: yeah, I can toss that up on my shoulder and, with no problem at all. Mm-hmm. But it's not something that I could lift before. Yeah. So, I mean, I was I had an awareness that I was getting older, and I I was finding myself looking at assisted living and retirement programs, and thinking, well, you know, I better get ready. This is going to be down the road. Yeah. Yeah. And I, re- I recognize in just thinking about this podcast, I realized that I had not had <laughs> that interest or looked at those things in a number of years now. So that's been, a yeah, that's, effort. that's
0: very interesting and very wow. telling, right? Cause when you ask somebody, and I, I say this all the time in this podcast, close your eyes and imagine a 70 year old woman, what right. does she look like? what does she do where is she and typically we're not picturing you we're not picturing a woman who's going out and winning powerlifting meets we're yeah. not picturing a woman lifting heavy barbells and loving it and moving forward and being strong and capable and vital into her 70s and yet you know, we're hearing more and more stories that are like that. And we realize that because I, I feel like a lot of what's happening is that's that's the common narrative. That's the expectation is aging is inevitable. It is. We we all meet the same end, but aging can look a number of different ways, right? It can end up in an early nursing home or it can end up where you're strong and capable and taking on life, right? And yeah. I feel like you're certainly a shining example of that, of the latter. Yeah, there.
1: no, The timing was perfect. And I think I was able to really turn around some of the severe muscle loss and frailty. I have more energy now, and I am stronger now than I have ever been in my entire life.
0: Yeah, is, say, that, say that again. You're, you're 70, right?
1: Yeah. I'm Repeat 70 that last years years.
0: statement again.
1: Yeah, I am stronger now, and I have more energy now than I have ever had in my entire life.
0: Ever. Fantastic. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. I, you know, in some respects it's like, gee whiz, I would have, I wish I would have discovered all this sooner, but there's benefits too. I mean, I, it's not like I was a young power lifter and doing crazy stuff that if I was younger, I probably would have done. I didn't have the opportunity to accumulate injuries and right. all that. I'm not at a stage where, you know, I'm looking back and saying, Oh, I used to be able to lift that. And I can't lift that anymore. That's never happened. I've never been able to lift what, what I'm lifting now ever. Wow! So, which is pretty exciting stuff.
0: Yeah. No, that's very exciting stuff. I love that. So clearly there's a message here of it. You're never too old and it's never too late to start. And to your point, you didn't just Arrest that sarcopenia, that age-related muscle loss. You actually reversed it. You are building muscle, you are getting stronger every day, right?
1: Yeah, I really, I really am. I got a PR today.
0: (laughs) Fantastic. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) PRing. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, Okay. So we've got you from a fairly normal life, right? To all of a sudden, you said you had that moment right before you were 65 when you looked in the mirror and really looked in the mirror and didn't like what you saw and and maybe projecting that out where that was leading. And through just a very fortuitous circumstances there, Sully's going to retire. He's opening up this, um, his gym there and you go and just check it out. And you have this revelation, Hey, I want to do that. And by golly, you do it. You're, it turns out you're good at it. Right. And of course, part of that is just, you are sticking with it and, and doing yeah. the work that it takes to be good at it, but you're good at it and you like it, right?
1: Yeah. In terms of all of the little things that I've tried over the years, I've always uh, been able physically to kind of catch on to stuff pretty quickly. You know, I can, I can watch somebody do something and figure it out pretty quickly how to do it. This stuff is hard, but with practice, there is... I think that's why the starting strength method is so good because it's really broken down into basic components so that it allows you to learn the movement and what the components of it are and then with practice over and over again it becomes a more natural movement. So yeah. there's a whole progression with that and and yeah I was able to pick up on it. Yeah, I was able to get strong pretty quickly relative to to where I was sure I think somebody I I discovered that they had these competitions you know and could get stronger and I thought that was pretty cool and I was already competitive I'm competitive by nature anyways and the the logbook was cool because I could see where I was at last week. And so you're competing better. with yourself, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And then uh so I someone had said something about these competitions. And I was like, oh, you know, I want to, I want to try that. Someone else said, well, you're not going to win. And I stopped for a minute and I thought, well, we'll see about that.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I just really took to it. It was just really fun to me. And I reached a point where I had learned the lifts and I really wanted to, to do more. I wanted more than twice a week. Also, unfortunately, Sully's gym is like on the other side of the world for me. Very, I mean, almost an hour to get there. Ooh, yeah. So, yeah. So I, I started to branch out and I thought, well, I could join the gym and, and do this on my own much more difficult it's easier said than done i still didn't really know my way around a gym how to set things up on my own and by that time the barbell prescription had come out and the co-author is Andy Baker although i had known about Andy from the starting strength community cuz i i was soaking up everything that i could to learn as much as i could i went to a starting strength seminar you know, to, and which is a great place to solidify your learning about the lifts. And so I was aware of Andy Baker. He, he wrote the programming book for starting, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. So yeah, he's, he had some programming. So I contacted him and he set up a program for me that I started to do in the gym on my own. Although I, Actually, got somebody to help me with it because I, I I wasn't comfortable in a gym by myself. Sure. Yeah. So this took time, and then I started entering some meets.
0: Um, now you mentioned competition, and now you mentioned wow. meets. I think people might be wondering what you're referring to there. Why don't you take a minute and talk about? What you're referring to there, right? A What's powerlifting the thing? meet.
1: Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there's different federations. Actually, my first one was a starting strength meet. Okay. They had some meets back then. And then there's other powerlifting federations. The USAPL is the one that I belong to. Mm-hmm. And uh, the it was those meets that I started to go to more regularly, sort of, like mm-hmm. two or three of them. Yeah, I mean, you can't do too many of them at once, but I kind of got uh, introduced to the powerlifting community, you know, being in the gym and um, really supportive, wonderful people. You learn so much from people, they're very generous with their knowledge. I have to be, I'm not a powerlifter, at least I wasn't at that time. I was just still basically learning the lifts. So I stayed with Sully. For about a year and a half. And then I started with Andy Baker. I joined his, he's got a a barbell club that's online and he puts programming out with that. And it's, it's a really nice club. And I started doing the weekly programming with the guys. It's mostly guys in the club, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah but it was, it was really cool. He would, Andy regularly would program chins and dips. So I figured, well, if I'm going to be in the club and all these guys are doing that, I'm going to have to learn how to do it too. I'd never done chins and dips before I learned. Yeah. Now, I started uh-huh. doing it. So yeah, I'd, I'd stayed in the barbell club and then eventually Andy does programming for me for for meat preparation and all of that but he, so that he coaches me online but I'm still in the barbell club too.
0: Mhm. Yeah.
1: And, and I also started with Nathan Payton who is a nutritionist there in the club mm-hmm. also. He does strongman competitions and stuff like that so I, I He's been doing my nutrition. So that took care of that diet craziness for me too. But yeah, together with the regular barbell training, and I've got my diet under control. Yeah, I'm stronger now than I've ever been.
0: Fantastic. Okay. So I want to come back to powerlifting here in a minute. But since you brought it up, I do want to talk about the nutrition piece. Because yeah. obviously you're putting in all this hard work, you're getting stronger and in order to get stronger and to build muscle, we're going to have to, we have to nourish that, we're going to have to feed that, right? Yep. Maybe talk a little bit about what your diet was prior to this and then what your diet looks like now, what you're eating in order to maintain the kind of performance that you're getting
1: today. Oh my goodness. It's night and day. I can't, what I was eating before, gosh, I, you know, I, I guess I would try, I could never manage the counting calories and the different components, how many carbs, how much protein. I couldn't, I it was just not something that I was into at all. It was too confusing for me. I couldn't stick to it. I mean there's different apps that you can get and it's it was like just I just didn't have time. So what Nathan does He basically tells me what to eat and when. I've turned over all of my nutrition (laughs) to Nathan, who's a wizard. I don't know how he does what he does, but I eat what he tells me to eat when he tells me to eat it. And basically, my whole view of food has changed. It's just fuel Mm -hmm. now. And I eat small meals about five times a day, protein at each one. And it's very controlled. My diet's a little bit different on training days. And I check in with him every week, depending on where my training is, he will adjust my diet according to what the the needs of training are. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's and my my body composition has changed.
0: I'm, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <It> <laughs> yeah. Really,
1: oh yeah, yeah, I have muscle now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. I have more muscle and less fat. Whereas before, it was the other way around.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So thanks for sharing that. And I'll, I'll. By the way, for folks listening, I'll drop all of these, all these references we're talking to into the show notes. You can go there and and yeah. find the Starting Strength, find the book, and find Andy Baker, find Sully. find Nathan, I think he's the pro body coach, maybe. Pro
1: body coach, right.
0: Yeah, on Instagram, right. Um, So we'll drop all that in the show notes. Let's go back to the the powerlifting. So not everybody listening is going to know what a powerlifting meet looks like. Can you just describe what that competition
1: is? Well, there's usually platforms where there's different flights of lifters that will go. It's organized into weight class. And there are the three lifts, a squat, bench press, and deadlift. So the first group, everybody does squat. And then when those are done, everybody does bench press. Those are done. They're, they're boring things to watch unless you're really into it. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's referees mm-hmm. that judge very strictly have how the, how the lifts are done. It has to be a very precise way. It's either a good lift or not. And then you can win your weight class or your division. Some some of them are open, you know, an open division. Others are grouped together by age. And then there's weight classes within that. Right. So there's state organizations and then there's a national organization. And then. There was Worlds (laughs) with the IPF. There's been a a big fallout with all that. But Mm. I did get nominated to to go to Worlds for the USA team. But that is not happening this year. It may not happen ever again.
0: (laughs) Mm, Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about you've been successful in powerlifting meets, as it turns out, right? I believe that you were the... We mentioned the USAPL, so you were the USAPL national champ here recently, right? Talk a little bit about that and how that went down for you.
1: Yeah, that was that was really exciting. Uh, of course, at my age, the uh, competition gets more slim. <laughs> there's yeah, not there's right. not that many seventy uh, year old, sixty three kilogram females that are doing powerlifting like this. But yeah, I I set twelve American records for, for my age and weight class. It was, it was very exciting. Uh, It was in Daytona beach in Florida and uh, it's the whole week actually, but it was a really fun experience. I had never done anything like that before. So I, yeah, I, I won uh, the championship, got first place. (laughs) So how, how
0: does that feel? I mean, it's not that long ago that you weren't strong, that the, that this world was completely foreign to you? How does it feel when you complete this meet and then you find out that not only have you won, because obviously you would know that fairly soon, but that you've actually set these American records in your, right. in your age and weight class?
1: Yeah. Well, it just means that now I have to break my own records.
0: There you go. All right. <laughs> and, and that actually leads me perfectly to my next question, because now I want to ask you, what's next? Where do you go from here?
1: Yeah. Well, I have a meet in November that I've started training for and uh, getting ready for that. I don't know what's going to happen. I, I'm i really disappointed at the moment. It's not just me. It's a lot of us uh, with the fact that we're not going to have the world's the world championship. Right. Yeah. I wasn't going to be able to go. I got nominated, but I, I wasn't be able, going to be able to go to Sweden this year because of It was impossible to get a passport in time with the COVID thing. And uh, so I figured, well, so I'll shoot for it for next year. But it looks like that's probably not going to happen. So we'll just have to wait and see. It's uh, there might be another federation that'll pop up that'll join with the IPF for Worlds. I don't know. USAPL is going to develop, I think, a pro series. And there should be some room for masters lifters in there too.
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I'm hoping. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll keep. So that. You're not going
0: to rest on your laurels, is what you're saying? No. 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 Yeah. No, Got more records what? to break.
1: It's it's it really helps to give focus to training. Yes. It's it's a goal. To have a
0: competition? You mean right? To have a goal? Right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it Mm -hmm. gives it gives me that goal and that focus, and uh, it's a structure to my lifting that just helps with motivation.
0: Sure, yeah, and I think that if we have that kind of end goal, that really can keep us motivated through all those really hard training sessions, right? This you're training for something, and you're getting all these additional benefits along the way, right?
1: That's right. So,
0: Shelley, if you're comfortable, can you tell us what weights were you hitting? On your most recent, the USAPL lift, just so folks out there can get an idea of when you say you're squatting, benching, and deadlifting, what weights are we talking about?
1: Well, in for squat, my top weight in the gym, I've hit 250, which is, which is good. (laughs) 250
0: pounds on your back and and to squat below parallel or at or below parallel is let's face it. That's good for anybody.
1: Yeah, well, right. and, and I'm a I'm 130 right now, 134 pounds. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that's not too shabby, which that's is pretty too, good. No. <laughs> uh, at nationals, my squat was uh, 240 or 242. Actually, they do kilograms.
0: kilograms yeah,
1: yeah. Bench press, a uh, top bench press is 139. Again, they use kilograms, so it comes out to about that, and deadlift 320.
0: Wow. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. just, I've wanted folks out there to kind of have, they, they don't know what you're lifting right now. Well, is she, is she squatting a hundred pounds and you're looking to of course, get stronger and a yeah. lot more bench more and deadlift more hats off to you. I think that's fantastic. So just keeping on the training just for a minute longer you're doing a lot of work, right? And like you said, you're stronger and you've got more energy than ever. What do you do for recovery in order to be able to put in all this hard work?
1: Well, it's it may not be as much hard work as you think. My coach, Andy Baker, who hands down is a genius. He's yep. just, he just is. Yeah, I think <laughs> the know? industry
0: kind of regards him that way. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah. yeah.
1: So my training is what's called a four-day split. So I have on Monday, I'll do bench press. Tuesday, I'll do squat. Thursday, bench press accessory stuff. And then Friday is deadlift day. So in and what Andy does, somehow, I don't know how he does it. I just do what he tells me to do. And I've learned, I don't question, I, I trust him totally with it. But he manages my stress. It's, I I, I don't know how he does it, but he does. I will have scheduled deload weeks. Yeah, so, and the amount of work that I do with the amount of volume or intensity is something that he fine tunes to me. And we've worked together long enough where he can tell. Uh, it's amazing to me. I don't know how he does it. I mean, I, I I will wonder how did he know that I could lift that weight? Yeah, but he just does. Yeah, And he can tell when I'm getting fatigued sooner than I can. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really crucial to have a good coach. I would not be able to do this on my own. No way.
0: So he's programming in that recovery for you, as you mentioned. You got that yeah. deload weeks. He knows you well enough at this point to know when to push you and when to back off. Right. And we've had him also on the show as well, and he talks a lot about you and your and specifically your your programming. Folks want to listen to that. Certainly, uh, they can learn more there. So, Shelly, this is right up my alley. Right, I I love your message. I love your energy. I love what you're doing. You are a great inspiration. How can people that want to reach out to you or connect with you how can they get in touch with you? how can people connect with you and learn more follow you along
1: well i I have an Instagram, which is kind of interesting to me. I just kind of started doing that recently so mm-hmm. yeah they can follow along i I'm putting you know some training stuff in there yeah
0: yeah, I think I saw it today did you hit? you hit 230 for doubles on I your squats did. today is that I right did. holy I moly yeah no, that's fantastic yeah i
1: don't know how yeah it, and this is this is a good example i don't know how andy slipped that in there like i mean i wasn't aware that I was going to be doing something that I had never done before. Right. And matter of fact, I, w- I didn't even look initially. I thought, eh, I'm just going to go ahead and
0: that's what's programmed. Right. You got a job it. for the yeah. day. Right. Yeah.
1: And then it's only when I look back, I was like, you know, I kind of wonder if I've ever done that before. I don't think I have. And yeah, I, this was a first time.
0: Yeah. That's so, great. He's got to get you stronger for November for this next meet. Right.
1: That's right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Fantastic. Well, Shelley, I want to thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your story with us and your journey. Um, you are a fantastic inspiration, a great ambassador for healthy, strong aging, and I wish you all the best in all your future endeavors.
1: Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for having me on.
0: Okay folks, that's our show for this week. I hope that you enjoyed today's conversation as much as I did. Hopefully this conversation has you reconsidering what's possible and that you're inspired by Shelly's story and the fact that it's never too late and you're never too old to start on a fitness journey. All of the links to the resources we discussed in this episode and more can be found at silveredgefitness.com/episode74. And you can continue the conversation over there as well. I'd love to hear your thoughts and comments on today's show. As we wrap up our time together today, you can show your support for this show by giving this podcast a five-star review on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on, and be sure to subscribe and follow so that you don't miss any future episodes. I really appreciate you spending your time with me today, and until next time, stay strong.